Welcome to the She Finds Joy podcast, where I teach you how to step into the arena of bigness, all the while creating more joy along the way. That's right. We are capable of reclaiming our power, our purpose, our boldness and bravery, and putting our bigness into the world. I'm Kim Strobel, your truth-telling, real-talk happiness coach, who believes in giving you the tools to create a life you really love. After all, when we're playing in our arenas of bigness, life gets better as we get older. So buckle up for the no BS, zero fluff advice that gives you the small steps for big joy. Well, welcome everyone. I'm so excited to have my friend and colleague, Kelly Travis, joining us today. She is a health and success coach who helps ambitious, high-achieving women prioritize their health and well-being so they can reach new levels in their business and their life. Through her Ascend Mastermind, Kelly helps women build confidence, up-level their physical, emotional, and mental health, and have fun. Welcome to the show, Kelly. Thank you, Kim, for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you. Well, I like to keep it real. And so Kelly just told me before the show, she has a five and a six-year-old running around the house right now. She's a single mother. She is a businesswoman. And I mean, you're like going to be speaking and preaching to my people who many, many of them feel completely overwhelmed by Mm -hmm. motherhood, completely overwhelmed by trying to be this, you know, person that they think they're supposed to be. So I can't wait to dive in to today's topic, but I want you to take us way back and tell us a little bit about your journey. How did you become a health and success coach? Because I'm pretty sure it wasn't like shiny little unicorns and, you know, glitter (laughs) along the way. (laughs) I definitely didn't step into this naturally. Um, Well, I guess I did, but it took a while to get here, right? Like all of us. Um, So I guess we can start with college, really. Um, I was um, recruited on scholarship to run um, in North Carolina, Um, always a competitive athlete, um, very driven, but grew up in like a household or a family of women who criticized their bodies constantly. Nothing was ever good enough. You know, that, that message was always there. I went to school and unfortunately, like a lot of athletes in different, um, you know, things that they're working on, we, um, we had a coach who thought that the smaller you were, the more successful you would be. So after my first year as a freshman, he came up behind me, Kim, grabbed the back of my arm and said, Travis, you've got some fat back there. Now, mind you, I was an athlete. I was running a ton of miles. And at the time I was like super proud of my, like I loved lifting weights. I felt, you know, I was like feeling okay about things, but that crushed me. And it continued from there where he not only told me I needed to lose weight to get faster, but he wrote up a contract. And at 19, my parents were in Michigan. I was in school in North Carolina. It was like, okay, well, this makes sense. If I can get to the Olympics by doing this, let's do it, right? I mean, ridiculous. Um, and so within a year, my last race was as an All-American. It was at Nationals, um, but it was my last race. I had to drop out of college. I was admitted into the hospital with a really severe eating disorder. Um, and I remember when I was in the hospital thinking, I had to have a pick line put into my heart. And if anybody knows what that is, it's, it's painful, but also scary. 
Um, and I remember thinking to myself, making a promise, if I can get through this, I will spend my life helping women with their mind. And it took me years to get to that place, right? Here I am. And it took me quite a long time to fully recover. Like, if you know anything about the mind and the body, like, yes, you can like gain the weight and you can do the things. But if you don't do the work that's happening up here in your head, there's a disconnect. And so um, I studied mental health and, and um, public health. Like I created my own degree and like went that route and then and did an internship around it and um, worked with women. And then when I got out of college, there were no jobs. So I ended up in social work for a while and, and then surprisingly in corporate becoming a publisher and a marketing director, <laughs> like a total swing. So I spent 10 years in corporate. I like was really good at my work and my job. I've always been very driven and goal oriented, um, but also seeking external validation, right? And I still hadn't done the work on accepting myself, being okay with myself. So I was just constantly looking to prove myself. And I um, found myself pregnant on the bathroom floor, crying and realizing I had to get my shit together. And so that was kind of the first moment. And I was in an abusive relationship. So at that point, it was like, okay, Kelly, like, let's get this together. You're bringing another life into this world. And so that was the beginning of the kind of shift for me. Um, I realized I was in a job that I was miserable in, even though I was successful. I was in a relationship that I, you know, had stepped into because I was in a bad place, like all these things. And so eventually it took a while. It actually took till I had my second son for me to fully make the shift. Um, and so when I was, when he was a year, a little over a year, I left my relationship, started my business and went full blown into working with women. So I kind of did all of it, you know, did the work on myself, went back to school, got some additional like certifications and just went full, full on into it. That's a short, short. Yeah. Version. But that, there's so many correlations to your story. So I, um, was like a very successful track runner in high school. And so mm -hmm. whatever it is, 28 years later, you know, I still hold this record for the 400. Yes. Yay. And I have this track coach that I really, I really love him. And he's like 80 years old now. His name was coach Bussy, and he was so passionate about helping us do well. And I think that mindset was because he would literally, I mean, I was, um, I was 96 pounds as a freshman. Okay. Like I was a bag of bones, but he would come in the lunchroom every day to make sure I was eating tuna. Oh, you know what I mean? And so yes. like, it's kind of like, it's so crazy now when we think about somebody doing that now, but like back then you're right. It was just kind of like, you're just going to do whatever you're told because yeah. you, you know, you want to be successful and when you're driven, you, I mean, you'll pretty much do whatever you have to in order to attain that success or what you think is mm -hmm. success. What um, you think. And then, yeah. yeah, your story, like I, I got married and, um, had a baby and two months later, um, parted ways with his father. And so it's always interesting to me that those of us who are kind of in this coaching realm, it's because we've had to coach and do the inner work ourselves. Yes. And it doesn't mean that we have it all figured out, uh, you know, it, it, at all. It just means that we kind of embody that, which we know and want other people to do as well, to mm -hmm. do the darn work on the inside of themselves. 
Yes. Yes. And so I, let's, let's just jump right in. Like what, when you, you talk about like doing mindset work, mm-hmm. tell us about that. Tell us about how, why, why do we have it backwards? Why are we like all about the outside of ourselves instead of the inside? And then what does that even look like for my listeners to do mindset work? Yeah. Well, I know for me and most of my clients, you know, the fact that we hide from doing the work up here and like the emotional piece is because it's hard (laughs) and it's scary, right? And it hurts. We don't want to go there. It's so much easier to just like get on into autopilot and like be like, okay, well, this is okay and I'm fine. And that doesn't really exist over there, right? Because God forbid we approach that because that could be crazy scary. And it's really also the fear of like, what if I find out I'm not happy in this career? What if I'm really recognize I'm miserable in my marriage? What if like I discover my health is really holding me back from all these things? And that's scary. That's a very difficult thing to confront. And I ran, like literally ran from that for years and I was unhappy And so, you know, I think the first thing to ask yourself if you're in this place and you're hiding, right, and you're focusing on all the external things because that gives you the quick fix, that makes you feel good, like what could potentially be on the other side of the scary stuff, right? Yeah. Like what was on the other side of the scary leaving my relationship with two little boys was a, a lot of freedom and so much like less anxiety and stress and like happiness. Right. And I was so much healthier after that. Yeah. But you did have to make some really tough decisions and you Mm -hmm. had to endure some major suffering in order to make that change. And I feel like, I do think that we, we tell ourselves this story that good enough should be good enough, Mm -hmm. you know, like, well, it's a good enough marriage. It's a good enough relationship. It's a good enough job because it pays the bills. And it, and I'm not saying everybody needs to leave their marriages, but what I'm saying is I feel like, and I'd like to know your take on this, but I think good enough is actually a problem. I think that mm-hmm. good enough is putting the bandaid on things that we need to deal with. And that when we pull that stupid bandaid off and, and it hurts like hell, but that when we go in and we do that really deep stuff, it really shows us like how true and deep and real and beautiful that life can really be if you're willing to go to the shadow side of things and in order to, you know, achieve a different outcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that you brought this up because my podcast is She Doesn't Settle and we talk about oh, that's this all right. the time. <laughs> um, but good enough is safe, right? It is safe and it's comfortable. And if we're going to talk about the brain, the brain likes to feel safe. It doesn't want like anytime we consider change or taking a risk, the brain's like, whoa, sister, slow your roll. Like that's not safe. We like cheetah is coming, right? That's what it thinks. Um, And so it holds us back. And that's when the excuses and the resistance all steps in and we just say, okay, you know what? It's okay. The other piece to this, and and the thing I think is really important to highlight, is women have a really hard time admitting that they're not happy. There's so much guilt around it, right? I am so happy to hear you say that. So 
I always say it's okay. You can be grateful for what you have and also want a hell of a lot more, right? Like, yeah, we can honor where we're at, but we also should not be afraid to say, you know what? I want more. I, I, I need more. This is not enough. Yep. And Actually, there's so two things around that. that. Right. And I think like we don't even know how unhappy we are because we won't even allow ourselves to get real with our unhappiness. Yes. Yes. And then if we do confide in a friend and we say like, well, I'm feeling really frustrated in my relationship and he works all of the time and yada, 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 yada. And then the next thing a woman will do is they'll be like, but he's a really good dad and he provides for us. And they start to justify. And Mm -hmm. I don't know about you. And I don't know if this is something that has just probably grown and evolved and developed within me because I I know that sometimes it's like, well, even my mom, whom I love so dearly, she'll be like, gosh, Kim, you're just kind of hard on Scott. Sometimes you're just kind of hard on him. And I'm like, her heart is me stating what I want out of this relationship and not mm-hmm. putting up with the BS that sometimes, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just yeah. not going to tolerate that. I am from a different generation. And when, when my husband and I have that difficult conversation, it feels really good. It's not easy to do, but it feels really good afterwards. Mm-hmm. And so like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to adopt the philosophy of like, you know, just be grateful for what you want and, and don't move on from that. You know, I mean, I teach people to be happy in the now, which is find your happiness right now, no matter what, while also reaching for your goals. Yes. Yes. And if we're not, then we're just staying stuck. And none of, I doubt any of your listeners are in this, like to just stay stagnant and not have any momentum to move forward and get better and to, to feel their best or to, you know, be in the things and the places that make them happy. And, you know, that was the realization I had. It was like, okay, what am I doing? Right. And when it came to my business and those shifts, it was like, if I am going to be away from my kids for a certain amount of time, then I want to be doing something that I love. Right. Yeah. Um, And then if I want to show up my best for my work and for my clients and for my partner, I need to feel good. So my health has to change, but we've got to get to that place and we've got to slow down and get quiet enough to do that work. And that's the part that most people run away from. Yes. I, I love that, what you say, because it is putting our own well-being to the forefront, even as mothers, mm-hmm. even as daughters, even as employees, understanding that in the midst of all of those other responsibilities, we are allowed to put our well-being at the forefront. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of our listeners, they're, they're in jobs that they're really unsatisfied in. You know, they okay. really are. They, they don't have that thing that lights up their soul. And I mean, what do you suggest for people who are going through that? So I, I, I really love to have people visualize or allow themselves to dream without restriction about what life could look like and what like happiness would look like. And I think probably you talk about this since your podcast is about happiness, but the idea of creating goals around how we want to feel instead of creating goals around what the expectation is, right? Like I tried the traditional route. Like I got married, I had kids. Well, I didn't do it exactly that way, but you know what I mean? Like I did all the things that we're supposed to do. Yeah. Got the 401k, did all the things. I was not happy. 
I was working towards other people's goals because I thought that that would make me accepted, would make everybody happy, like I would fall in line. And it turns out I don't work that way. And many of your listeners probably don't either. And it comes down to identifying first, how do I want to feel? Like what what do I want to experience a year from now? How do I want to be feeling free? Do I want to feel calm? And then what job, what role is going to provide me with that, right? Yep. And then, of course, like what's most important to me in my life and making sure all those things are in alignment, um, that, that. <laughs> and exactly. But, you know, I think that even that particular piece that you're telling them to do, which you're right, we talk about that ability to visualize and decide how you want to feel but even getting you to really remove all of those layers and really truly ask yourself, like at the heart of your heart, what is it that you most desire? And then more importantly, what is the feeling that is associated with that desire? How do exactly. you want to feel? How do you want to feel in your job? How do you want to feel in your marriage? How do you want to feel when you wake up in the morning? How do you want to feel in your body? All of those questions, you know. I think that's a great starting point, Kelly, is just start asking yourself the question yeah. and see what comes out, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I love to start with the end in mind. But here's the thing is when we do that, when we have those conversations with ourselves, I call her the mean girl. She gets really freaking loud, right? Like, Yeah, mine has a name. Her name is Ethel. <clears throat> oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, so we've got mean girl, Ethel on, you know, one side, she's loud, she's dramatic, she's, she's intense. And then we have the, our soul sister who's very quiet and gentle. She's, you know, just pushing us along, right? Very, but we can't hear her because mean girl is very loud, right? And so when we're doing this work, we have to be conscious of the fact that she's going to get loud because she's scared and she has a lot of doubt, right? We have so much doubt. We have, we, as women, we carry a lot, around a lot of guilt and shame for wanting more. We've already talked about that. And then we have so many old stories around what we can and can't do, if we're worthy, if we're good enough. And so acknowledging that that's going to show up and then doing the work to shut that up is really important, which I think is kind of really relevant right now too, because I think that what's going on in, you know, in the world globally we've already got this like foundation of insecurity and self-doubt and negative self-talk. And then now we've been put in these environments and these situations where everything is just heightened. So it feels like, oh my God, now you're telling to like think about <laughs> what I really want. I just want to go outside. <laughs> right? right, right. So there's that other layer. Like I just want to go for a run by myself and I can't. But you know, I, the most powerful thing that I think we can all remind ourselves of right now is we have a choice. We always have a choice because the brain pumps out a thought based on the experience that's happening around us, right? Yep. Whether it's a shitty relationship, a crappy job, a pandemic, and we have a thought about it and that thought triggers how we feel and what we're going to do about it. And so I think it's really important to acknowledge the fact that we can choose a different thought 
to get us to a better place in the moment. Because right now, and even in times when we're like really feeling a lot of things around um, not being happy in a job or with our health or relationship, we can start to think too far into the future and make stuff up and catastrophize and do all that stuff. And it doesn't do us any favors. Today's episode is brought to you by me and my She Finds Joy course. That's my 90-day guided journey that unleashes your happiness and helps you fully step in to your power as a woman so that you can begin to make big things happen. I know that each and every one of us is capable of stepping into the arena of bigness. We are capable of reclaiming our power, our purpose, our boldness, our bravery, and our bigness in this world. And I'm here to help you do just that. You can sign up for the waitlist and be the first to know at kimstrobel.com forward slash she dash finds dash joy dash waitlist. Again, that's kimstrobel.com forward slash she dash finds dash joy dash waitlist. Yeah, I, I love that because that's a very simple skill. So basically, you're going to you're going to have the thought. And then you got to acknowledge the thought because we know if you try to push the thought away and you just go grab yourself some hostess cupcakes to get rid of the thought because you don't like the way that it makes you feel. So yes. you have the thought and you, you, you see yourself going down that road and then it's catching it, right? It's catching it and saying, oh, there I am again. I'm in scarcity mindset. I'm in total self-doubt. I'm making up all of these reasons why this is a really bad move which even the reasons your logical brain comes up with, you somehow convince yourself that those are very rational reasons, right? Like, yeah. well, I could never do that because we need my income. But in fact, you could do it because you're probably not going to die if you decide to take another job or if you tr decide to try to chase your dream job and it doesn't work out. It's probably not going to end in death for you, right? right. But like right. our brains say, well, these are all logical reasons. I can't do this to my family. We might have to sell our house and all of this stuff. And what you're saying is catch yourself having the thought and then mm -hmm. you get a, you get to make a choice. What is the yeah. next thought that you want to have? Yep. What's going to bring you back to a place where you can function, right? I mean, right now it's like, if we're talking about what's happening right now, we just need to bring ourselves back to being right here. You'll appreciate this, Kim. I talk a lot about like relating what's happening right now globally to running a marathon, we need stamina for this, right? But if you think about running a marathon, the goal is to keep yourself in the mile you're in and not to think about any other miles. Because if you get to mile 14 and you start to say, oh my God, I'm in mile 14. My legs are cramping. I feel awful. I want to throw up. You've still got 12 miles left. So you've got to focus on the mile you're in and also acknowledge that even in that mile, you're going to have some swings just like every day, right? Like you're going to feel, be like, like I, like when I ran my marathon, I was like, oh my God, I feel awesome. I awesome. And then within like 30 seconds, oh my God, I feel like I'm going to die. <laughs> like you're just back and forth. But that's what's happening in life, right? Especially yes. right now where we're like, we wake up in the day. We're like, okay, I've got this. I got it. I got a plan. I got a schedule. I'm going to knock it out of the park. And then at 10 o'clock in the morning, you're like, holy shit, how am I going to do this? Like you're just up and down. And honestly, I'm giving myself permission to just move through it, but also not be too thinking about anything beyond today. 
And I think this hap- this is also relevant when it comes to thinking about our goals. Like you identify the goal and then you come right back to today. What can I do right now? What is in my control? And based on the goal, there are so many little like behaviors you can do just in the day to feel like you're in control, to not get yourself all the way to the end, like freaking out about what you have to do to accomplish it. And instead, stay present with where you're at and slowly make moves to get there. When you think about that, it makes such it makes complete practical sense, right? So like how much energy does one spend worrying about things that may or may not come to fruition? And so I I love that. And I love, of course, I love the marathon analogy, but I I love it because it tells our listeners that, hey, if you think the goal is to get to where life is just phenomenal all of the time, that's not a realistic goal. We will always have the yin and yang of life, the, you know, the good and the bad, that's just going to be life. But for me personally, and I kind of want to know what's, what's different for you, but by putting these habits in place in my life and putting specific kind of non-negotiables, I, I feel like when I do have the dip, I'm not there as long. I'm not yes. in the dip as long. Do you feel that mm-hmm. too? Yes. So there's research um, that states that if you allow a feeling to sit with you for 90 seconds, it will, it will hang out. You just hang out with it. Hey, what's up? Name it, whatever. Acknowledge it. It will go away. And then when it comes back, it will be less like aggressive, right? And you'll be able to manage it and move through it. The problem is we have been taught that we're supposed to feel happy all of the time. And that we can't have these other full like ranges of emotions. And so we push everything else away and we have like, and then we get into trouble and we find ourselves like, you know, going down the death spiral. Um, But we have to get honest, like you can't have happiness without sadness. You can't experience anger. I mean, you're not going to experience like joy without anger. Like they, we have to have both. And I'm sure you've talked about that because you're, you're speaking to happiness all the time. But I think, you know, yes, it, it lessens the blow, um, but also just acknowledging that it's okay to feel those things as long as we don't like, like bathe in them. Right. Right. And I love that. Like give yourself the 90 seconds or whatever it is to feel the way you do. Because like, I mean, I'm having negative feelings right now, Kelly, I am having negative feelings at times around my business or around the economy or just, you know, but like for me, I let myself feel that yuck, but I really do make sure that I feel it temporarily. And then I go, oh, wait a minute. My thoughts create my feelings and my feelings create my reality. So Mm -hmm. I'm now going to reach for a more abundant thought. Yes. You know, and so, okay, I I love this. And I'm going to kind of veer off in a little different direction that's still somewhat tied because I I want to hear your take on this. But one of the things that I really feel like happens for women is women try to be, it's kind of like in Glennon Doyle's new book, Untamed, right? So she says like women try to be so good, right? They try to be good partners Mm -hmm. and good daughters, good mothers, good employees, good friends. And you know, we're all striving to kind of like try to be this great version of who we're supposed to be to everyone else. 
when in fact we kind of abandon or leave behind like that part of ourself that wants to just be whoever she is. And so, I mean, obviously in your life, you, like you said at the beginning of this interview, you played that role of trying to like follow the path that leads to success. And then mm -hmm. finally getting to a spot where you had to do things like you had to leave your husband and you had to decide that you were totally raising these children pretty much on your own. And then you somehow made this courageous faith to start your own business, this big ass leap. Um, like for you and for any of our listeners who are like, yeah, I, I just, they don't even sometimes know or understand. We don't how much of a falsehood that we're putting out there that is really so disconnected to how our soul wants to show up. And I'm talking like this because I did this for years and years myself. You know, I mean, I tried to become who I thought I needed to become so that I could be loved and accepted by everyone. And I lost myself in the process. Mm -hmm. And it creates so much anxiety. Like people pleasing, trying to be accepted is one of the biggest reasons that we have so much anxiety, right? And overwhelm. You know, I, I think it's a process. It's not that easy, right? We talk about this, but like it took me a long time to be able to just fully become who I am and be okay with it and really embrace who I am. Um, and I'm telling you, the reason that I was able to do that is because I made a lot of mistakes. Yeah. And so I think that the message is to, to take the risk because you're never going to know until you do it, right? And progress, I think, it, is it Marie Forleo that says progress over perfection or something along those lines yeah. where it's like, you know. You can't wait till it's all I perfect have, to launch that baby or to go after yeah, that dream. No. And, you know, when I, like, I am kind of known for just taking, like, I, so when I was younger, I was referred to as a gypsy because I like traveled, like I would move all the time. And I honestly, I was really just running away from problems. Like I was just traveling around the country to get away from things. Now I no longer do that. But I think that like, we've got to really just be okay with making mistakes. And if it's like you're afraid you're going to let somebody down, acknowledge you can ask for forgiveness later. If you're afraid that you're not going to do things perfectly, something is better than nothing. Like you're not going to learn until you actually engage in the process. And we don't understand who we are until we do that work and we get really curious and kind of test things. Um, and I'm sure that knowing Glennon, I haven't read that book entirely, but she probably talks about how like she had to just explore and, you know, and just finally come to the terms with the fact that she wasn't fully happy with where she was at and, and to let go of any other, other people's expectations of her. Yeah. You know, really it's drives funny us. because I don't have it completely figured out myself. Of course, none of us do. And I'm still a work in progress. And I was reading um, something that pa Paulo Coelho, who wrote The Alchemist, mm -hmm. wrote. Yes. And I'm going to paraphrase here, but he said something like, sometimes people will actually attract negative circumstances and outcomes so that they can, so that they are allowed to play the victim again. Yes. I was just talking to a client about this. It's, it's a false benefit. Like we create stories around why we're doing this thing because there is a false benefit. 
Yes. And it happens so much because it's safe. It doesn't matter if it's like miserable. It's just safe. You know, and I, yeah. I do real talk on this show. And so I'm just going to tell you how it stung me this morning because there, and, and I don't want this to be misinterpreted, but I'm going to speak my true voice here in that there's this little part of me that from a selfish standpoint has kind of liked what the coronavirus has done just to me and my business. Like, I know that sounds really sick because obviously, you know, I don't like that my income's been taken away temporarily right. or that I'm not able to fill my calendar. But I identified this morning after reading that, Kelly, what it was. I'm super ambitious. I'm super dr uh, driven. I am someone who has an activator as my top five core strengths. I make shit happen. You do. Yeah. I have competition, woo, activator, uh, futuristic. We'll have to compare that later yes, because yes, yes. we could be soul sisters here or That's each so other's funny. worst enemy. But, but the reason I could identify that, that I was like, why, why do I feel a little bit of a sense of relief? And you know what it is, Kelly? It's because if my business does fail now, I have a reason why. Yes, that's exactly right. I was, and that's what I was having a conversation with my client before this uh, about because she's having some health issues and she uses that as the reason that her relationship could fail. Like she's blaming that. And so we had to go through that process, but you're so right. And I, I like, I commend you for even sharing that because I know that that takes guts. Um, but Kim, that's, that's also, it's like having the guts to just go to those places and, and to see what happens. Like, yeah. It just came okay, and dip my toe in. Yeah. It just blew mm -hmm. up in my face. And I was like, okay, Kim Strobel. So here's the deal. What you now need to figure out your new work is to figure out how to remove the, the part of your ego that is still sabotaging your own inner peace, you mm -hmm. know, because like if my business fails, it, it's not going to be a failing because of the coronavirus, but I'm going to be able to attach it to that. It's really that Kim mm -hmm. Strobel failed because we know that other businesses are able to figure this out and flourish. And so mm -hmm. if I have to get real honest with that, then that becomes who is Kim Strobel without her business? Who is Kim Strobel without her success? Yes. Who is yes. she without the paycheck? And so again, mm -hmm. I know enough about this thought leadership work to do the work on myself, but it yeah. really like, it's like Paulo like slapped me across the face this morning. Cause I was mm -hmm. like, holy shit. That's what I, that's why I've been kind of like, la -di -da -di -da. you know, like I've been busting my ass, but there's this part of me that is kind of being too relaxed about the coronavirus and it's pissing my husband off a little bit about me. <laughs> and so I just figured it out, you know? I oh love my gosh. that. We, we could talk I, forever. I know. I will share. I, this is just, I always, you know, encouraging people to look for opportunities in the mess, right? Um, and when we set goals, I'm always encouraging people to look for potential setbacks or roadblocks that could come, they could come up against during, you know, the process of going after their goals. Never do we ever consider a pandemic being a roadblock, but it is. Um, and so last night I found myself, like I had a really rough day yesterday. It was just tough, like with the boys homeschooling, trying to juggle everything. And I was feeling sorry for myself. <clears throat> and I thought to myself, okay, what, what, where is the lesson here? Like, what am I supposed to be learning right now? What, what's the opportunity? And I thought, 
Well, I felt sorry for myself as a single mom running a business before this. So maybe the lesson is like, it wasn't really that bad. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like trying to figure it out. But I want to encourage everybody, like just constantly ask yourself, what is the lesson here when things are feeling really shitty or you're feeling sorry for yourself or you're falling into the victim piece? Like what's the lesson? Where's the opportunity? Yeah, I, I love that. And that's, that's what I had to do actually with this whole yeah. thing. When it, when it came down a few weeks ago, normally I go into total action mode. Like I got to figure this out and we've got to make things happen and I need to create mm -hmm. this new thing. And instead I gave myself the grace for like the first time in my life, I gave myself the grace to just not know really what I was supposed to do. And by doing that, it allowed my mind to settle. And then that's when we decided, Hey, this is what's going to happen. And here's all the steps. But like, it took me about 10 or 14 days to figure that out. Mm -hmm. um, and so there is great grace in being able to do that and say, Hey, what could be the potential golden nugget that I can't see right now that's there, but I have to keep, keep sifting for it and figure it out. Right. right. And I think now it's an opportunity to fee for people to turn inward and really go like, okay, what do I need to work on during this time? Like, is it reprioritizing my health? Is it like working on my relationship? Is it getting serious about the goals? You know, yeah. it, all those things. Like we've just got to figure out how to shift our perspective. I love that. That's great advice. Well, where can people find you, Kelly? Where can they connect with you if they want to know more? Yeah. Um, okay. So I am on social media at Kelly T Health and my website is kellytravis.net. Um, also, I'll, why don't I give you a freebie? I have a little, um, downloadable like guide to five, I think it's called five ways to positively manage your emotions. Oh, so that would be, be relevant so helpful right now. for my people. Yeah, yeah. We'll drop that in the show notes. Yeah. So a little gift to you all. Oh, thank you so much. So I always end every podcast by asking this. And so this, knowing oh, that God. you have been, I know, in the throes of like trying to manage all of this and single motherhood, but I'm still going to, I'm still going to go for it. I want to know what's one way Kelly is reaching for more joy in her life right now. Mm, I love this question. Um, I am really looking at right now as an opportunity to witness my little boys, like just to spend time with them in a different way. And that has been the reminder, like I need to step back and slow down and say, okay, this is a gift right now. They're in school all the time. You've complained that you don't get enough time with them, you know, because you're trying to juggle. So it's really just trying to, to enjoy being with them as much as I can. I love that. And I just have to tell our audience members that I'm sitting here looking at Kelly and one of her little boys keeps popping his head on the screen and she has to keep shooing him away. I love that we're keeping it real here, Kelly. We are. Oh yeah. He likes to make an appearance. He is the one who really loves that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your insight on how we can manage these emotions and give ourselves a little bit of grace and try to stay in the present moment rather than all of that anticipatory anxiety. Thank you for your knowledge and your wisdom. Um, and just, it's been a real honor. So I appreciate Thank you. you. Thank you for having me. Whoop, whoop. We did it. Thank you so much for listening in on the She Finds Joy podcast today. I'm honored to share this space with you and I hope you keep showing up as the real you in this world. 
As always, this conversation will be continued in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to kimstrobel.com forward slash she finds joy to connect with other joy seekers just like you.